Welcome back, everybody, to the Cult Classic Podcast. Hey, hey, hey! Cameron Jones here, as always, with... Mark Nussel, along with the adorable... <laughs> Jordan Jones. That felt nice. Yeah, I tried something <laughs> different this nice. time. That made me feel good. Cameron I, always I had would... a lead-in, like, along with. I, I wanted something for you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, make and your own always, thing, And you always, know? to my left... And this Jordan piece of Jones. shit, George Jones. So you <laughs> know this what, real motherfucker. We've strayed a little bit. We've done kind of some movies that we just wanted to do, but this I think is a for sure cult classic. What are we doing this week? We're doing the 1996 Christopher Guest directed movie, Waiting for Guffman. Waiting for Guffman. It's the bicentennial, the quincentennial, the something centennial. Whatever. I believe 150 it's one hundred and fifty years is whatever that it's is. One hundred and fifty yeah. years centennial of a little town called Blaine. So this is another Christopher Guest film. Christopher Guest doesn't like when you call them mockumentaries, but this is a Christopher Guest mockumentary about a small town. Oh, that sucks! It's the mockumentary. Chris. I know. I don't know what else. Chris, I forget Chris, what he, Chris, Chris. Yeah, I forget what he calls it. I was actually going to call this... him the grandfather of mockumentaries. I, I don't think he likes that term for, for some reason. This is the story of a small town putting on an amateur theater. Original story of their hometown, Blaine. Starring Christopher Guest as Corky something. Uh, Catherine O'Hara. Parker Posey. Eugene Levy. Fred Willard. You say Levy? Is it Levy? Levy? If you've ever been in a production of or any like smaller local theater, uh, this is kind of a glimpse into a lot of just different characters you'll see in there. Mostly the ones that take it a little too seriously. God, I wish I was in that show. Um, this is a mockumentary that shows the wacky characters that are in your town, your small town this very day. And what they would do if they came together and had to do a production. This okay, even though this is after Spinal Tap, so Christopher Guest has done this before. But I feel like this is the launching pad of like a string of mockumentaries he made after this. This Best in Show, A Mighty Win. I would say this is uh, the introduction of the Christopher Guest troupe, waiting for Guffman. All right, everybody, we're gonna let Mark take it away with cast and crew. Let's start with the director, Christopher Guest. We've touched on him before when we did uh, This is Spinal Tap. Um, some other ones that you guys have mentioned. I actually haven't seen Best in Show. I've seen A Mighty Wind. Um, he did those as well. Uh, um, this one he plays Corky St. Clair as well as directing. Yeah. It was also written, I think co-written by Eugene Levy. Levy, you got me saying Levy now. Yeah, I don't even know which one it is. Levy, Levy, we're all, it's, all, it's all kosher, Levy baby. Tomato. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, Christopher Guest plays uh, Corky St. Clair. Outside of Christopher Guest's movies, I really only know him as the Six Finger Man on Princess Bride. That's like the only role uh, outside of his. I, I, I know. Here's a fun one for you. Little Shop of Horrors. He, he's the guy that comes in and says, that plant in your window, I must have <laughs> oh, it. Oh, really? That's Christopher nice. Guest. Yep. Little yeah, he's the first customer. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Well, I know, I know that character, him. so he, he killed it, you know? There are no he's small Nigel. roles. He's Nigel on Spinal Tap. Well, yeah, which yeah. is my favorite role of his, to yeah. be honest. Go back and see our Spinal Tap episode. Okay, let's just start at the top, kind of from when we see these characters. We have Deborah Theaker. She's also part of the crew. She plays Gwen, the councilwoman, um, a descendant of. <laughs> I, I kind of just know her from Faven. the Christopher Guest crew. She she's she's kind of part of the ensemble and some of the later ones. Also, kind of usually side roles. Mm -hmm. Michael Hitchcock plays the councilman. 
also part of the crew. Um, oh, side note, have you guys seen mascots? Because a lot of these yeah. people are in mascots too. Here's yeah, what's funny. That, that's the newer Christopher Guest uh, mockumentary. Uh, the Irish dude from Bridesmaids is in it. Also, it's actually pretty funny. I, this, I didn't uh, even know that. Seeing all this made me want to watch that, so I'm going to go back and check that I out. Did it's it, 2016, so it's, yeah, it, it's a newer one. It, it was I funny. I didn't know that movie existed, cool. and I pitched Cameron an idea about <laughs> mascots, and he's like, yeah, it exists. It's called Mascots. I go, cool. Didn't know that. But Christopher Guest, it's like probably right where you were like trying to go with it. Yep. <laughs> you should check it out though. It's pretty funny because they're like obscure mascots. Mine was a little different. Mine was just a sketch. Mine was just a sketch on um, mascots practicing without their uniforms on. <laughs> That's a little pretty different. Good. Well, kind of. right. okay. uh, who else we got in the cast? Um, Scott Williamson. Did I say that? Oh, he plays the other. Scott Williamson plays the other councilman, uh, Tucker Livingston. Um, this, these are kind of fun ones. He's also on mascots. Uh, he was the baseball coach on in Hook, and he was also in sixty one as a TV reporter, kind of like uncredited, I guess. Nice. Huh. Check out our episodes on Hook and sixty one in the back catalog. We do them yeah, all. This is this is going to happen a lot here. Um, we have Larry Miller as the mayor. He's in. He's the dad in Ten Things I Hate About You. Also part of the Christopher Guest crew. This is going to happen a lot. Uh, Don Lake, also same part of the family. He plays. Listen to our episode on 10 Things I Hate About yeah. You. Yeah, he plays Blaine. Uh, he plays the historian of the town, Phil Burgess. He was in Hot Shot somewhere, too, which is fun. Oh, I didn't recognize oh, him. Oh, he was the doctor. Oh. Nurse. Is his penis as big as mine? That's like the funniest part of the movie to me. Uh, Fred Willard. Let's move on to Fred Willard. This one's kind of timely. Rest in peace. Uh, Fred Willard. He plays Ron Albertson. Great role in this film. Uh, that's um, why we are doing kind of a Christopher Guest movie this week. We wanted to pay homage to uh, we wanted to pay homage to Fred Willard, and in my opinion, this is kind of one of his kookiest, strongest I think roles in the Christopher Guest. Obviously, films. he has a lot of roles in them and a, and, a, and a long career outside, but I think this is the most screen time where we get to see him. So this is why we picked uh, Waiting for Guffman for Fred Willard. One of the things I didn't realize I knew he was older. I didn't realize he was as old as he was. Much older. So it's sad yeah. that he's. In passed, fact, I mean, but... in, for in, the, in waiting for Guffman, he w- would have still probably been like what late fifties, early sixties. Yeah, if he died, yeah, he would have been. In a... What this is ninety seven? Yeah, he would have been exactly. Yeah, he's also in Idle Hands. Did we talk about that in the Final Destination oh, episode? I do not remember him being he's in that, Idle but Man. I do love that I've movie. Got to, we've yeah, got I remember to you guys being jazzed about wanting to watch that again. So. I love that. Movie we should make kid. that a Halloween movie. That's like an awesome nineties Halloween, just like stoner comedy. Um, he is in American Wedding, which is fun because he gets to play off Eugene Levy. He's um, the bride's father, the father of the bride. Man, I, I think I only saw that movie once. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that all makes sense. Uh, who, who else do we have? In, uh, any crew members? We need to go through all the cast already? I can check crew members, but we uh, we still have a, cu- a couple. I uh, imagine it's going to be a lot of familiar members. faces from like the rest of the Christopher Guests. Catherine crew. O'Hara plays Sheila Albertson, wife of, of Ron Albertson, Fred Willard. I mean, obviously, you would know her from Beetlejuice, Home Alone. And Christopher Guests. Yeah. If you think about her career, um, she, yeah, she's been in some big franchise movies. Parker Posey. She plays Libby, the Dairy Queen worker. Uh, you would know her from Days and Confused. Go back and maybe don't listen to our Days and Confused episode because that was way long ago and I don't know the quality. It's an early that one. might be our first episode. Yeah. Cameron and I did a dry run of that. Real NPR, just the two of us. It was real dry. Oh, yeah. I really like that scene that where really Ben Affleck good. got out of the car. Ben Affleck was very believable. He was actually... Uh, like ASMR, like 
Cult Classics <laughs> podcast ASMR just like let you fall asleep. Yeah, I mean, I fell asleep doing it. Uh, the, we're just like a broken record. She's also in Best in Show. All those. She's definitely part of the the Christopher Guest crew. I think this is the first one she was part of. I mean, she would have been pretty young, I think, for. Uh, I kind of have a crush on her a little bit. She has the ability yeah, to play ditzy, dumb, and bitchy better than anybody else. She's she's very good at it. I believe Next she's up. also a trained dancer. Shout out for our mom. She that, always yeah. used to say that. Um, that may that that may be unverified. That's just from our mom. Um, David Cross is also in the film. Plays the UFO expert. David Cross, I'd scary say. Scary Movie 2. Scary Movie 2. Arrested Development, Arrested Tobias. Development. It's great. Oh, Small Soldiers. I bring this up anytime I can. Uh, Men in Black. He works at the morgue. He's the guy hitting the bugs. He has a lot of side roles. I just saw him in something the other day, actually, I think on Shudder. I can't remember what. Bob Odenkirk and David Cross did uh, Mr. Show, their, their cult hit sketch show that used to be on HBO. And I think it's actually coming back right now. Oh yeah, I did see I that. I've not seen that. I actually what is that? Well, they, well, it already came back once, but I think they're having like a third like little just like get together episode just for like quarantine and stuff. I really haven't delved into it, but I I hear often that it's it's just I like, know. I actually am ashamed that I really haven't checked Mr. it out. Show. But, yeah. but hey, if, in the right, they're like, in the cult classics defense, we can talk about kids in the hall all day long. So, <laughs> so we got go. street cred. Yeah, you know, we have our own things. Yeah. Eugene Levy uh, plays Dr. Alan Pearl, the dentist. He's Just, the dad. He's the dad on American Pie. Also, not only American team. Pie, but like the entire American Pie series, even like Band Camp or like Summer yeah, that's Street. Where like, yeah, he goes whole, deep. Whole he goes franchise. to all. Yeah, no matter somehow whatever contract he signed with the American Pie franchise, he is in all of them. Got a start in SCTV Canadians sketch show. I think worked with Catherine O'Hara before or John Candy. He was in that crew. Do you know what I remember from first as a kid? Ron Howard directed Tom Hanks starring Splash. He's in Splash? He's like the bad guy. Huh. It's been a long time since I've seen Splash, but I liked that a lot as a kid. Yeah, it's not, it doesn't feel like a kid's movie. I heard it's on no, Disney+. Sure Plus, huh? And they blank out... Um, it's not Bo Derek. It's... Uh, Dan Ahara... Uh, da, um... Daryl Hannah... Daryl Hannah ah, plays. I said um, Dana Harvey. I was so close. Daryl Hannah. Dana Harvey. Dana Harvey. <laughs> I was like Dana. Daryl Hannah plays <laughs> the mermaid. Were, and, uh, I had the right sounds. For in whatever there. reason, Disney owns yeah. it and it's on Disney Plus, and she's got a little bit like full butt nudity. Disney Plus has actually changed a decent amount of stuff if you go in and look in there, or at least like the one thing. If they don't, though, they just have a disclaimer at the front of it, like, "Hey, this was animated at a different time. We're not going to change shit, but just let you know." There's just one more uh, cast member that's kind of part of the team, uh, Bob Balaban. He's the music teacher, also in also in a lot of those he's, films. He's, he's in all of them. Uh, Mighty Wind. He's like the family member that's like holding the whole music event. Lots of mainstream Best in show. people. May I can't remember, remember him as he might be a judge. Dad from Friends. Like her real father. He also got hooked up. It's kind of fun when you're a person like him. He's in the Christopher Guest crew, but he's also in the Wes Anderson crew, and he just gets little roles in that. And oh, that's true. He just does do. He's he's straight dry humor. That's like his role in all those movies. He's so good. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's enough of that. That is all that I'm going to say for cast. It's. I mean, Uh, with any ensemble piece, it's deep. It's talented, and we did our best. Uh, let's move on to Unverified. 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 All right, let's do some Unverified. Some unverified. 
Let's Unverified? Unverified. Yeah. This, I mean, this category should be called unprepared for me. <laughs> Often and always unprepared. Whenever this, whenever this category comes up, we just see Jordan like scrambling, hey, looking everyone for his has, notes. And everyone has their moments, right man. Back. Mark Mark does casting crew. I usually I've lost just, my marbles. I usually regurgitate IMDb for people, and you uh, give us your takes. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I do I the. I, <laughs> hey, Megs. Hey, Megs. <laughs> No, this is me now doing a bit for them. I, I don't actually need you. This was more just we were joking. Oh, they weren't my. even in on it. It's like, okay. but it's good to know that she'll be there. What's oh, the, I'll ooh. be there for you. I'll be there. Something, something. I'm still on your Okay. Hey, hey, hey. This okay. is kind of Reel a throwaway on verified. But uh, as with all Christopher Guest movies, like uh, almost 100% of this movie is ad lib. They're just making it up on the spot. And then it's kind of just put together in, in post and editing to make a story. But the only parts of this movie that were actually script, uh, scripted out and written were Red, White, and Blaine, the musical. That was the only thing that had real lines. But it's funny to me that they made an entire play, production with songs. Do you think that's where they started? Like they just had a funny idea for a small town play? <laughs> and like, yeah, I, I could work play. with that. Like, I, um, I have no idea. Fuck, this would that's be my the dream, dream to get to one of these crews, you know. Even in a small road, it'd be so much fun, and no pressure, I imagine. Just say yeah. whatever. Yeah, that'd it's be super to, fun. Who, just loose as all can. You know, just loose as all hell. This, this is more loose than a, a Judd Apatow. Hey, just say this joke. Just say this joke. Just say this joke. So they they basically made it in a month, but it took eighteen months to edit it. So that's kind of like the ratio, which is crazy. Like, I mean, I, I forget exactly what it was, but I know it was something similar in Spinal Tap where they had like even like three different edits of a oh, movie I that told Spinal, like completely different Spinal stories. Even longer. And, yeah, I think they said an insane amount of footage. And I think that's kind of like what a lot of these Christopher Guest films are, that they'll have but maybe basic nice arcs and like narratives in mind, but they can kind of make whatever story in the editing room. If you've seen it, and maybe they're on YouTube or you could find them. If you've seen the DVD or you own the DVD, they have uh, deleted scenes and outtakes and probably an Almost another movie worth of material. I'm actually there. super jealous. Jordan, you do have the DVD, and we used to have it back home, but like, there's different musical numbers for Red, White, and Blaine. There's like, there's yeah. a whole other, there's a couple more acts and just the whole scenes that like actually finish up there. They have a great song the... called This this Roaring River. This Roaring River. No, bul- it's is Bulging dope. River? Bulging. What? Bulging, bulging River. This Bulging <laughs> River. You guys know what's up. Right. As a couple guys who know the ins and outs of the editing process, even just with like a an hour long podcast, you got to have a little like respect for for the editor in this situation. Oh, like, oh, oh it'd be my. terrible. Yeah. it would be the worst. You uh, just stockpile a month of of audio and footage and just make it work. And it, like, it, there, there's a lot of funny shit in there. I imagine. Like, yeah, there's a bunch of just like this. When it's the ensemble group, though, it's more of a master shot. They don't do a lot of cuts, so I, f- I feel they just do takes. This take worked. We got the jokes. We moved the scene. It's not really a close-up tr- here. I get, I get what you're saying, yeah. That would otherwise, make it easier I, for sure. Otherwise, I think it'd be awful. But the There the are some small that takes, is, the little montage things, just with like the uh, a lot of the, I don't know, production when they're just rehearsing. Here's something I, I kind of wanted to look out for this time, but uh, like here's a throwaway one, but I know there's a lot of these. In the scene where Christopher Guest is teaching him the dance moves and he's doing like that lunge shit, 
Uh, if you look, uh, Eugene Levy is uh, off way in the background because he couldn't keep a straight face during that scene. He just kept breaking out hysterically laughing when he was doing the lunges. So they had to force him in the back. And there's other just placements I know throughout this where, like, where you're watching that clearly they like, for instance, I know another throwaway one is uh, Fred Willard didn't know the lazy eye joke was going to be in there with like, I can see with like, what did you see with your keen eyes? And then when Eugene Levy, <laughs> Levy comes off the horse with the uh, glasses and apparently like after that, he came down like off the horse with his cross eyes, he laughed for like 10 minutes straight and it took him a long time to get that shot out. I, I do have a question about that. Eugene Levy, does he really have a, a lazy eye? I think he's just crossing. I think he's just crossing his he, eye. You've never done that? You can't, you can't just cross one eye? No, I can't. I don't know how you do it. Cameron's doing it right now. Okay. He looks like I, you're doing it right now? No, he's I, just looking right. Oh, yeah, I think I'm just looking right. I know how to cross you my got, eyes. we got to start with a cross and then kind of work it. <laughs> oh, Did I do God. it? If anybody can see it? what's going on. Am I doing right? it? Can you do it, Mark? This is, this is good. Am I doing Mark it? can kind of do it. But it's it's like Eugene Levy. It's Eugene Levy. It looks like he could see out of that uncrossed eye. <laughs> so it's is like look, looking at it me? is looking at you. Uh, um, this is a quick, not Mount Rushmore, but I'm putting his eye cross and then uh, space balls. <laughs> I'm doing my best, sir. <laughs> nice. For cross eyes, I'm sure there's better ones, but there you go. And, and probably a weed movie. Uh, I'm in fact, I'm pretty sure even in Hot Shots with "Got me eyes in the sky" kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Looking yeah, good. Uh, this is kind of fun. Bring her so in. the musical auditions at the beginning when they're all doing the like, who are like the raging, but like you fuck my wife when they're all doing their their scenes. That was the first time that all of the characters got together to do like a public performance other than like their interviews. <laughs> so that was actually the first kind of thing altogether. That'd be nerve wracking. Um, I do have notes about that. I guess it's not going to be questions, comments, and animosities. We're just going to go into likes, likes, and more likes. Right. We are in unverified right now, though. Um, I am in, again, this is not unverified. This is uh, underprepared. My underprepared category. Yeah, this uh, is unverified just, uh, for Cameron and I, but this is unprepared for for Jordan. For Jordan, uh, I, I'm not sure if we actually said the name, but I just came across the the 60 hours of footage with, for the editing, and uh, the editor's name is Andy Blumenthal. So shout out to Andy Blumenthal going through all over that time. 90 hours. Over 90. Damn, that, that's more than what I have. A random fact I have down. This is Meryl. What Street's was his fit. name though? Let's let's give a respect. Let's give Andy Blumenthal. Andy Blumenthal. Andy Blumenthal. Edited with Christopher Guest. Uh, random fact, this is Meryl Streep's favorite movie. Now you know. Eh, good taste, Meryl. Good taste. Uh, so we've already kind of talked that there's a lot of missing numbers that are in the the deleted scenes and stuff. And one is uh, Nothing Ever Happens in Mars has an accompanying number, Nothing Ever Happens in Blaine, which is why when the Martian comes out and he starts singing, why the the audience starts laughing so hard because it's supposed to be a callback to a song that was in the play, but they cut for timing, <laughs> but it's almost funnier that they just kind of laugh so hard at the Martian, like dancing and singing the song that it's like, just, I don't know. It still works. I think, although the nothing ever happens in Blaine doesn't make sense for the centennial celebration. And they're saying Blaine's born. Kind, yeah, true. I think because of all those deleted scenes, this is an unverified fact that the, an early cut of the film the actual musical in the movie ran for I think like half of the half of it, like it was like forty forty five minutes alone. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it ran for forty minutes. The musical alone ran for forty minutes. If they would have kept those two extra songs in, it would have ran that long. Yeah, which I I think I almost would have been fine with because like I kind of remember this movie being longer, but in retrospect, it went by pretty quick. It's only like an hour and I a half. I also think. Because this genre, and I'm sorry, Chris Guest, of the mockumentary 
it's evolved and now that TV shows, you're used to that pacing. But the mockumentary when we're younger and kids seems slower because it was. True. I mean, with shows like The Office and things like that, they're just kind of from that perspective. You're 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 more used to it. Uh Andy Blumenthal the editor. um edited The Natural. Oh. Robert Redford's The Natural, Waiting for Guffman. And a bunch of other stuff, but those are the most notable things I want to say. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but I mean, he's been editing stuff from the seven since the seventies, and I don't know if he's still on Girl Alive. See, so boys, there's a job in editing. <laughs> it's a terrible job. I hate <laughs> editing. You got to do the work. It is, it is a thankless job. Um, this is this, this is nice uh, shout out. And I think <laughs> that was like a slight, like a little slight. <laughs> it's a thankless. Yeah, job. I know. Cameron hasn't thanked me once for editing these episodes. I'm glad he brought that up. <laughs> so this is, I'm glad this he is a nice up. shout out. So this will also be true for Mighty Wind, but all the musical numbers for Red, White, and Blaine were written by Christopher Guest, Michael McKean, and Harry Shear of Spinal Tap, who also wrote all the music for that and all, all the Christopher Guest uh, originals. Oh, really? That little trio? Yep. They, 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 they write and play all the music for all the movies. So Spinal Tap, this, and uh, A Mighty Wind is all written Mighty by those Wind. three. Except, and to be except honest, for I think Eugene Levy was actually also a part of his song. God, that please say Levy. Levy. I think it's Levy. Levy. <laughs> also, Eugene Levy was part, I think, of the kiss at the end of the rainbow, or whatever the song was from A Mighty Wind that I think was up for a Grammy. There's a kiss at the end of the rainbow. I'm pretty sure he helped write that, too. If not, just wrote it. I have to look into that. That's notable because these, these guys are talented enough to parody but also make... Yeah, they made they made music. a good musical. They made a good like metal band. They made a good uh, folk, folk, a bunch music? of different. Well, folk I, music. Actually, Even if it's not like a great musical, here's a good excuse to get away with just kind of like some some mediocre, yeah, just kind of silly musical. Because I've always wanted to write a musical. Like that seems like the f- most fun thing. Yo, man, "Penny for Your Thoughts" is honestly a good song. Okay, okay. I like the stool song, <laughs> but we'll that get would there, be but... one of those things. A penny for your thoughts would be, oh, I really only like the original stage production when Corker's performing. <laughs> a penny for, for your, your thoughts. thoughts. Like, you can't get anybody else doing that. You're like, oh, I'm really just an original screen, right. original production guy. Uh, okay, I, I read this off Internet Movie Database. Tell me if you can piece this together. This is verbatim. I'm just reading a quote from the website, uh, IMDb. Included among the American Film Institute's 2000 list of 500 movies nominated for their top 100 funniest American movies. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Say it one more time. Wow. Say it one more this time. This is a fact. This is a fact. This Say is it a one verified more time. fact from one more time, IMDb. One more time, one more time. This movie is included among the American Film Institute's 2000 list okay, of okay, the 500 okay. movies nominated 100. for the top 100 funniest 100 American funniest movies. Movies. So, do we? Does that mean it's the top 100 funniest movies out of a big list, or it's just in the 2000 list? I okay, think it's, in, the, it's in, the year in the 2000s. 2000s. In the 2000s. In, okay, so we it, it there. It is the. It is oh. a list of 500 of like nominated films to be of. The top 100 funniest. I don't think it is in the top 100 funniest. So I think they it was didn't need to in say the nominated 500. 500. I think it was nominated 500. So in the year the 2000, list. they made a new list yeah. of top comedies, yeah. which they submitted 500. Uh-huh. And they were, and they then were from part that 500, of that submission. But they were not chosen. But not, but not quite possibly in the one. And hear me out. There are five letters in Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> And in here, in this circle, it is always, it is always 67 <laughs> it is always degrees 40%. with a 40% chance of rain. 
Always. Let's move on to favorite aspects, likes, and favorite aspects. Likes and favorite aspects. This one is going to be daunting. I mean, I, I mean, so overall, much. I just like all the Christopher Guest movies. I like any movie that is mostly ad lib and they kind of just piece it together later. It's just impressive. It just it, it just points to everyone's talent in the in the film. Even like any of the side characters, everyone has a funny moment, and it's all just original in them. What's fun about ensemble casts like this and troops that form, you can be funny with any character, even if you're in the background, like Cameron was saying. Everybody's allowed to go for it. And make your character funny, and that's a blast. I lo- again, I just like. I mean, it's a respect thing, but they wrote the original music for this, and it is catchy. I mean, it goes all around for all their movies. I think obviously their their pinnacle is a mighty win, except for maybe Big Bottom Women. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess you could debate, but I I, I do like some mighty win music quite a Th- bit. Those are actually passable, like pretty good songs. Um, from a personal aspect, mine and Cameron's mom. And and uh, Mark Swellwisher, Denise Jones directed com- uh, community theater in our town. So not that it's identical, but there is some mirrored people within the community theater. You know, you got dentists in our example doing doing dentists and doctors and people from the community playing roles. But also there's the reoccurring the, the actors that, and actresses that are really involved and th- and take it too seriously. I mean, Man- Manchester Iowa's got a square and a, and a local theater and a Dairy Queen. Like, the, it does just kind of hit close to <laughs> you home. You know, though, like, like, for real, though, also favorite aspect, Dairy Queen has quality food. Blizzard's inside. Everyone should go there, get a burger, get some toast for 50 cents. It's delicious. It's pretty good. It's pretty good fast food. I thought that they they nailed the aspect of the civic pride for stuff that doesn't matter in a small right. town. We made stool in eighteen a stool in eighteen forty nine, and we had a UFO first. But then also the rivalry and competition of people within the community that think they got screwed and not cast in the right role, or who's the music director in this one that obviously wants Lloyd. to direct the play? Balaban. Lloyd. Oh, they they nailed those little nuances so well. Or, I mean, I I know we're, I think we're doing this movie in honor of him. But Fred Willard's like small town travel agents <laughs> guy, just mwah, beautiful making the jokes that he would make within the production of the play, oh, being oh like he must God. have a bad yeah, travel I, I do, agent. I do, I do, so I many... do you feel like we have to say overall favorite aspect Fred Willard's performance in this? I think he like it's hard to say between him <laughs> and like Christopher Guest and Eugene Levy which one's the best, but like partially why we picked I, him to do this movie. So I mean, yeah, yeah, his performance is great. But everybody within the cast is is hilarious. I, I forgot how funny Parker Posey was. True. Um, a funny character trait of hers that I really enjoyed was just grilling that one chicken. Yeah. <laughs> That's just was so sad and depressing and hilarious. Uh, uh. Uh, but then, I mean, I could go on and on. Um, Brian, even Brian Doyle Murphy, Bill Murray's brother, or Brian Doyle yeah, Murray, him just side eyeing like Christopher Guest the whole time is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Just so many small moments like that in these mockumentaries. So that are that's great. why I was going to recast Bill Murray as that motherfucker. Bill Murray now looks like that. True. Jeez, he he aged. Didn't realize much that was that. his brother. That's funny. And then there is another brother that does not look like them, if I'm not mistaken, right? I only know him as he plays in Scrooge, um, Bill Murray's younger brother in that movie. Oh, 
that gets. That's the actually his arm. brother. That's his real life. Oh. Yeah, but I think they're from one of those families that have like like eight a bunch siblings, of you know? bunch of kids. Um, this was kind of this was just like my introduction to Christopher Guest movies. So this one kind of is just like an overall nostalgic favorite of mine, and 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 introduced me kind of this core ensemble as well. I mean, I I knew Catherine O'Hara before from. Uh, Obviously, Beetlejuice and Home Alone, but for the rest of them, this was kind of my first introduction to everybody. Yeah, you knew him from maybe a couple other things, but it was the first introduction I agree. And, and I don't think I saw this initially in 97. I think we saw this a couple years later. I wish it I wish a, I was seeing this like earlier on in my childhood. I think I it was probably around like high school got, when I when I watched because it our show. mom was involved in <laughs> local theater. It got it got passed to us at some point after it came out, but I think it was more like two thousand. I, I guess we should have asked, but I wonder whose radar it was on because there's no way this was a wide released movie. I wonder how it got suggested. I assume to our mom and then brought into the family, and it is truly. We'll, we'll, we probably get into this enough, but it's a Jones family classic. It is if I, a many times. In the numbers, I think it didn't do great in the box office, but that's kind of how that these cult sense. classics work, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think, though, uh, Best in Show got it was the first one that got like a big release, and after that, they kind of got like some... Best in Show seems like the mainstream yeah. one, for sure. Well, Mighty Wind got a huge release, too, and like a Grammy not, like nods. So, I mean, that one, I think, was maybe the pinnacle, and they kind of fell off after that a little bit again. Again, Mascots is 2016 and pretty funny, though. Check that out. Um, love the character the character of Corky. Um, that, that character archetype in a small town, which we are from, probably about the size of Blaine, if there's anybody that was in theater in any regional or big city, not just New York, but they can come to a small town and direct a play because people will accept that. Like, you were in New York and... On Broadway, well, off, 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 off Broadway. But yeah. In high school, our soccer coach was a construction worker with a British accent who lived 45 minutes away, and he would come to practice after work after someone who also did not play soccer would have us run for a couple miles. No credentials needed. He, he was definitely European, and he taught us soccer. I mean, but at the same time, wasn't that probably a little more qualified than whoever, like, whatever ass clown they would have gotten us anyway from the high school to teach us? So, you know. True. Very true. Yeah, he at least... Played or watched soccer growing yeah. up in some European way. So, um, I have a couple of favorite aspects just from the production itself, sort of like towards the end of the movie. Um, just how the audience is like enamored with the whole production. Like they are just they, like they love it all. Like it, there's. I'm glad you brought that up. I couldn't agree more. The reaction shots I completely forgot about, and every one of them has their own way they went about it. To the guy that's like, Corky, I love you. But just, the Bill yeah, guy just even is the mayor, just enamored. Just <laughs> mouth open, just slight, it's, slight smile, like just loving the tunes. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, uh, they they captured something <laughs> that I wouldn't even think about making fun of. No, yeah, like that that didn't that didn't have to be funny, but it like it could have just been like that. It's a bad musical, but like the fact that everyone loved it so much. And then my next point that the orchestra and the pit band was just like flawless, so amazing. A trumpet player that also plays the timpanis, like what? That guy, that guy was the orchestra. Okay, he he was holding that shit down. Like that's funny in so itself. Try- just like someone playing like the clarinet, really good. Like that's just <laughs> fucking hilarious. I also like that. That's Lloyd's kind of like fuck you to me. Like fine, but here's the orchestral <laughs> piece kind of thing. It is. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was the best pit band in community theater ever. Along with the sets, all um, of it, all of it. It was the best production. The set design was unreal. I mean, for for community theater, they had 
They had light. Oh, it was good. I mean, you guys have been in more stage productions, but uh, that seemed pretty. I loved in the background of a lot of like the funny scenes of just whatever dialogue or just dancing. In the background, you would always just see someone like either like blowing up balloons or yeah, working on the set. Just subtle things like that. Like, I don't know, really drive it home. Added layers to it. (laughs) Uh, In the in the edited um, in the out or in the additional scenes, Bulging River, Mm -hmm. they have rain. Because it's storming, and I don't know how they do it, but it's amazing. <laughs> this the effects that they did. It's a practical effects. I think again it's like a- after this after this podcast, I'm going to go back and look up some of those like deleted musical numbers because I remember them, them being pretty good. Do you guys want to move on to questions, comment, animosity, or kind of bleed into that? Because I feel like some of these things I could uh, long form kind of talk about here. Um, yeah, that's fine. I guess if I had one favorite aspect, it's it's just the ensemble bit of it. Everybody gets to go. My off. one word would be like improvisation yeah i would say out of all the christopher guest movies this is kind of like the tightest like i don't know just like ensemble and story and just i don't know it, 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 i think it's my favorite not to say the other ones don't but it follows a, a more narrative arc instead of everyone having their own story this one is very much more just yeah. one narrative and like instead of following a bunch of different characters i agree with that and i like it, that. which is a little more like spinal okay. tap it kind of follows that a little more uh let's pause it and go on to questions comments Animosities. There you know what? There's a delay. Don't 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 you dare cut me off. We'll fix it in post. We'll fix it. Questions. Comments. Animosities. That was a nice one, boys. Uh, just first off, coming off the off the back, what are your kind of favorite aspects that are similar to like the local small town theater in this movie? For instance, one of my uh, kind of favorite small things is just, uh, uh, well, one, just the, the audition process. Did the you guy, just ask, what are your favorite aspects of this movie? Well, more, no, no, no. <laughs> well, they, uh, more so your favorite similar parallels from what like they parody, from local what theater to the movie. What are they parody and make fun of? What are your favorite that, parallels? That Got mirrors it. actual okay. real-life community theater. I really like the Got character it. that didn't get in the play, either couldn't try out or had something going on, but is still following it along very closely. That's a real character. It seemed more personal that he just didn't want him in the play. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> Which That's I don't showbiz. know how much tr- we don't want to get ourselves in trouble too much, you know. We won't name names, but yeah, that that really happens. <laughs> There's some people that want it too much and uh, just don't have the talent to do it. Catherine O'Hara and Fred Willard's character. There is a uh, amateur level uh, community theater type of performer that just exudes confidence that they're about to knock everything out of the park true and whether it's good or not that confidence is infectious in community <laughs> theater and you're like well they're really going for it and they they think they're doing well and i like love during their scenes like even like their small talk is like like it's all just like theater tricks and how they're always helping like the other actors and actors you want to strike that strike it you want to strike the set? <laughs> strike We've it. done a couple I, shows I of Corky before, so we know we know all the terms. I mean that that made me laugh for like like five minutes straight when I saw that. Or even just like when he's like giving like them like line like ideas for lines. Like you know what? If there's a silence, just say something. I do, even if it's from an old show. And then like later during the show, when he gives, is like maybe he needs a new travel agent kind of thing, and he does it. Like yeah, all right, we're not in quotes. Let's let's rein that. Let's rein those in. They would be the type of people in community theater that would give lots of notes to somebody they see 
saw as a newcomer like Eugene Levy's character. Tying back to that, though, there is also a parallel of someone from a small town, maybe not so drastic as like a travel agent, but who has never left their small town. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so great. That's a joke I wouldn't have at all remembered. I knew he was a tr- some small business owner. I didn't even remember that he was a travel agent, Fred Willer's character, and that he's <laughs> never been out of blame. And he has the one story where he had elective surgery for Pe- penis, penis reduction oh, yeah. surgery. <laughs> Uh, it's funny i was watching it with megan and hey doc take a look doc, it's funny i was watching with megan and she hadn't seen it before she's like do you have penis enlargement surgery i'm like just wait <laughs> just wait no he didn't he didn't it's penis quite the opposite surgery. uh th- okay this kind of goes this is a fred willard little shtick he does but um when they're doing corky's little bongo exercise and he's got he's got like the little ribbon that he's doing <laughs> And then he goes around each girl, and then he goes to Eugene Levy, and he's like, oh, oh, <laughs> not her, her. I don't know. Hey, they just both kind of laugh. Also, just like right before <laughs> that, Christopher Guest's face when he's hitting the bongos is like crazy bug-eyed and hilarious while he's just hitting it super fast. So just adding to that. That you know something I do kind of like about this trickle down, but like the 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 quality of film is kind of grainier and it's like it seems a little more DIY. When we get to Best in Show and uh, and wait and definitely for Mighty Wind, it's like just crystal clear and clearly like a, a movie. Yeah, this one isn't as shiny as the other one. It feels it feels, it feels more '90s ish for sure. More mockumentary. Spinal the... Tap is kind of like that too. Yeah, it just it feels grittier. It feels like an actual documentary. Yeah. It also makes a small town like that seem more realistic than if it was shiny and yeah, and like a huge product. Well, it is a huge production, but if like it- Blaine, Blaine looks boring because Blaine is boring. Small towns are boring. Although they had the first UFO and they made a footstool, so I don't know what our small town has to claim to fame. Do we have what a claim have? to fame? Um, You've got the bad- Makokita. I can't think of a claim to fame, but I did. We had that one little cabin right there by the uh, the hospital. What was that? What oh, was yeah. That what about? was that old cabin? Remember there was an old cabin? Is that something? I think it's still there. We kept that we up. We had the old schoolhouse. We have we had that. Uh, I mean, we have house. old things, but I don't think there's one thing that Manchester was known for. The clock I tower. Did, we, uh, I did think about this. This is going to be just a small town Manchester shout out. When Fred Willard and Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara and I don't Both know. Both Levy, huh? <laughs> sorry maybe levy sorry whatever when, i could uh, be wrong dentist, i don't know i don't know when the dentists and the travel agents were eating at that chinese restaurant mm-hmm. i had to think of our small town chinese restaurant chong garden and i've explained it to many people in the big city i'm like it's just you don't understand the sauce it's just <laughs> it's, it's just not as thick as they're so good eh, uh, but they don't give a shit no they don't but it really is really good chinese <laughs> no, food they don't. Uh, just a comment, but like, I know he's not, but like, doesn't Fred Willard, just because how we're used to him, look so young in this movie? Yeah, but he's not. He's you, I mean, you can tell that both 60. him and Eugene Levy are clearly dying their hair because it's like jet black and real brown, but it, I mean, they just look so young. It's crazy. Eugene Levy, you, Jesus. Levy, Levy. Mr. Levy, <laughs> he might have had dark hair for a long time, actually. Uh, really? Without it, dying it's it. He might have very black. It things. looks... Died. I don't he's know. got the brows, like those real thick brows. He's got good hair. I don't know. Maybe it's just that's true. So, to, so I won't try to bring it up many times, but go to go back to his his uh, lazy eye bit, right? Because of the beard there, and then the the coonskin hat is framing just his eyes. Didn't his didn't his eyebrows seem extra just thick? Just real bushy. Just, Maybe that's part of the makeup, though. They had. I mean, it could have been part of the thing. I think that's just him. I don't know. I I, re- I really think it is. 
I think his eyebrows are just that thick. Uh, have you ever been part of, question just to you guys, part of a musical that had sets that, or a stage or were part of a production that could um, contend with their production? No. There's I mean, no I was in high, like, yeah, I mean, Mark, our high school you, you, Mark, you might have, yeah, by the time when they got to the auditorium and you had stage and elevators and like an organ, a pit, you might what have. What play did you do that, that could rival that with, with set design? I would say maybe Mark could have said Wizard of Oz and maybe Grease. Could I, Wizard of Oz could, as could, far could as I, stage could, production could I, goes? Could, I, could, I, could either of those battle the production, in your opinion, of Red, White, yeah. and Blaine? Yeah. Of Red, White, and Blaine. Um, I mean, it was probably close. <laughs> okay cool 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 have you ever been not, not been, the not the pit band but i mean the state yeah we yeah well that pit band cannot be rivaled by anything pit band cannot be rivaled we probably we had an audit somehow google just went off in my room she's listening google See, megan thinks every yeah. time google's goes off it's ghost and maybe it is i think it's on, me just google. speaking into the void of this room and probably said something similar to something she would recognize she's learning we had a bunch of unverified requests um or unregistered requests at 3 a.m for a stretch which is the devil's hour. So Megan took it off the hook, and we don't know. We have a ceiling light fan connected to the ceiling fan, and it just turned on at 3 a.m., and there was no switch moved. There was nothing that we could uh, wrap our minds around. I looked around the house. There's no intruder. Could it have been, I'm not saying pre-pulled, but kind of like. If there's any electricians that listen to the podcast, please write into cultclassicspodcast at gmail.com and let us know if there's any electrical surge or anything that could make that light bulb that's not a smart bulb suddenly just turn on of its own free will. And what do you call your group, Cameron? If there's any ectonologists, what, 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 what's the word for ghost hunters? Uh, I think you just say ghost hunters. I think that just sums just up the whole hunter. category. And then fucking get, nerds. Yeah. Whatever those <laughs> nerds are, whatever their specialty is, we can just get them all. Uh, who do, who do you think these stagehands are? Who are so dedicated to put in the time to that and still not that, be part of the performance? All those guys in the background, that's kind of what I was talking about. Yeah, all these guys just like working the, on the set. Like the, that the, pit, the pit, I get a little bit more. You at least get it like, you know, put on a tux, perform with a full orchestra. Well, at least a little quarter orchestra. But People like, come to see you. But you're just the set guy. You're just the person being like, five minutes, everybody, and I painted the sets. Like, that's Hold a, on. Now that's a Pe- thankless job. People, yeah, well, people you know do that, that exists, as a job. Though. Yeah, but I'm saying you know to that do that for exists. a volunteer community theater. Jesus. You got to work your way up. You got to work least your way up. At least be an understudy or something. It is a thankless job, but it, you know it's honorable. It's respectable. Well, it's thankless for um, little, little little star fuckers like you who want to be hey, out hey. there in the shining light. Some people hey. just like being part of it. That's true. <laughs> but you know what? It is kind of fun just painting sets and actually like making that bullshit. So like, I also get the like. I do have that one was just my actual... craft for like the summer. I'm like, oh, you want me, you want some rolling hills? Yeah, I'll paint some. Paint some I'll paint some rolling, rolling hills. hills. Yeah, but also, I mean, we, we do it all the time in cast and crews. You start making sets for the play, boom. Before you know it, you're doing stage design on Broadway. You know what I mean? Wait. You got to start somewhere, Cameron. Broadway. Not everybody sings and dances. Uh, where does this compare for you guys with, uh, uh, oh, shit, what is it called? Hamlet 2 versus uh, this original Red, White, and Blaine. Hamlet 2, it's like, it's a different thing. It's true. It, it's, it's more satirical. No, they both satirize. I don't know. <laughs> Hamlet 2 is a more, it's a different, they're making fun of different people. True. Hamlet 2 is like Broadway people they're making fun of still trying to make it. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is a small town being made fun of. You know what I mean? That's true. But as Doesn't far as original production, feel? as original stories go. Well, the story itself in Hamlet 2 is funny. That's true. I mean, it's just hilarious. <laughs> 
Steve Coogan and who else is in that? The, the scene where he like spun, spins around as a high kick and exposes his dick to everybody is maybe <laughs> the hardest like I've laughed in the biggest shock I've had in a movie in a second. <sighs> I have one animosity with the production of uh, Red, White, Celebrating and Blaine. Blaine. Red, White, and Blame. It, 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 it makes for a funny part in the movie that Corky has to fill in. Mm-hmm. Where's the understudies? There's no understudies. Yeah, really. For for people that for all the people that were adi- auditioning and want to be part of this production, you don't have at least one of those people learning some lines. Well, it would have been great if um, the city councilman who couldn't audition just got to step I in. Do it. I know all the lines. He's like, no, I'll do it. I'm Corky. <laughs> you know what? That though funny. that <laughs> probably could have happened because I mean, for instance, you know the town historian. This is trickle down on verified. But originally he was cast and they shot scenes of him as the principal. And there was a whole plot sequence of them having to like schedule time against the basketball team. That was going to be like a whole storyline, but they cut it for time. And they made I mean, it. That's super and, instead they, and then in post, they cut some scenes of him being the historian just to kind of give him more of a, uh, uh, I don't know, some substance. But the scenes of him watching the player are supposed to be him as the principal. I guess the only parts that make it unrealistic is when they do cut people. Because if you're in a local theater, you're taking everybody who auditions. Yeah. You need as many guys, you need as many baritones and altos as you can get. That's true. They wouldn't be like they wouldn't be playing this deep in the roster too. They wouldn't be playing all these roles. They would have all these people playing like Yeah, they they would have the, not played four characters. No, they they, they would have used the entire scene. town, yeah. <laughs> but Corky is a professional, and he knows talent when he sees it. Or at least they would have used those guys for the leads because they're still the best, but at least there would have been a lot more extras in the train sequence. A lot of choir. Uh, there would have been a lot more, oh, definitely choir. There would have been people walking in the Penny for Your Thoughts scene, just as traffic, you know, just to keep <laughs> the scene going. Um, that's all I can really think of. Yeah, just general chorus. There's also one more. Uh, so Guffman, waiting for Guffman, the... The person that's going to put them on Broadway, he 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 doesn't get to Missouri because of a, a snowstorm yep. in New York. I assume this is in the spring or summer. There's no snow. Bullshit, maybe just bullshit excuse. Kind of be like I can't I make, make it. it. Also, I, okay. I, my first question, younger, my real question, maybe animosity. Who sat that guy who is not Guffman? And clearly, the Broadway they are waiting for Guffman's seat. Like, whose job was it to reserve that? And who messed up at the end so bad to ruin it all? Just crush their spirits like that. I think he's just an old s- guy who's like came late. Someone, he, someone walked yeah. him up. Someone escorted oh, him to that they? seat in the scene. Someone was actually the put him in that seat. I mean, somebody has to take tickets. And he came late and he's like, well, we got a chair for you. My only other explanation is someone Mr. Magooed that ticket thing. We didn't see that. Of like, well, I'm here. I believe there was a seat spot. There was a spot safe for me. Wasn't. But they're like, oh, of course there was kind of thing. And they just put him there. That could be. What song did he come in on? He he, he was just being taken backstage. Like, oh, I'd love to. He he was just, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. he he was total Mr. Magoo. He's like, Mr. Guffman. He's like, sure. Yeah, that's definitely how he got to the chair. Now that I'm thinking about it, it was a Mr. Magoo because at no point did he think to be like, "Well, actually, I think you guys might be mistaken. I don't know why you're being so polite." No. One. Also, if you were a stranger, sorry, if you were a stranger, would you go back to the the backstage no. cast area? I'd be like, well, that was a great. Everyone has already cleared out. No, fuck that. I'd be like, that was yeah. a great, interesting play, but like, oh no, I'm going to see my grandson. He's like the balloon. I have things to do. So. uh... I didn't grow up in this world. I, I've seen it peripherally through the past the hat players. Uh, Jordan, I think you're Manchester trying to sidestep being part of a musical theater family. 
<laughs> no, I'm part. I I was raised by a musical theater family. That's fair. I don't know. If I'm <laughs> it's like raised by wolves. <laughs> Only quite the opposite. I didn't choose this life. But I'd say we're more of a, a family of the arts rather than musical theater. Again, I know this has come up. I don't know if it will make the episode. <laughs> but we weren't like singing and dancing at home, and we're not annoying. We're good people. Well, from what the family group chat had to say about me earlier today, we both know that ain't true. You, yeah, you were a, a musical theater kid. I guess what I was going to say is uh, more you were familiar with high school productions and not like adult community theater based stuff. But how were the after parties? Were they were there something to look forward to? You know, it wasn't part of the high school musical theater scene. A lot but of fellowship. Still part a lot of, the, of fellowship. Uh, part of the fellowship isn't religious stuff. <laughs> no, or just, just boring just... hanging out. <laughs> I did go to the after parties though for some of those cast parties. Good fun. Oh, Always yeah? good fun. I mean, did you ever? I mean, I, I mean, um, you can attest to the past the hat players uh, after parties were full of s'mores, campfires, and good times. Campfires, sometimes Pizza Ranch. Uh, sometimes you open get, that buffet ooh, up late. Pizza we're really going to feast. Oh, remember the Pizza Hut pizza. days? Ooh, back in that like little buffet area. My God, that yeah. actually is you know a favorite aspect. This is less about the movie, more about real life. Cast parties. <laughs> there you go. I would have loved to see a cast oh, party with these. A guys. cast party would have been amazing to end the movie. That would have been awesome. Actually, there's an animosity. I would have loved to see them have a cast party at the Chinese restaurant or something and just see how it goes. <laughs> instead Corky of him come in and instead of Corky and, looking and, through his like memorabilia at the end, like it's just the cast party, just kind of little little <laughs> pictures little of the cast party. Kind of nice. Think of the uh, think of the outfit Corky would have worn to the cast party. It would have been just it would have been delightful. Okay, excluding the bonus features for Jordan right now. I mean, maybe we'll have that as a caveat in the end, or like a little bonus. But what is your favorite musical number and/or scene from Red, White, and Blaine? Uh, musical number for me, it's definitely "Penny for Your Thoughts." I think that is the catchiest actual tune, <clears throat> even though it's hilarious with Corky singing it. "Penny for Your Thoughts" is good because Corky gets to do so much talking, and it's so awkward. True, oh, the splits at the Penny end. "Penny for Your Thoughts" is the most like. It, legitimate like uh song musical number like, yeah yeah that that's clearly like kind of like more like a mighty win when like harry sheer and those guys really put their minds to it and they're like oh they wrote a really good musical number right but i think the stool one is my favorite just like the <laughs> i don't know the choreography I, you know what i'm gonna say my least favorite is nothing ever happens on mars i really hate that just annoying uh yeah just the singing just all brown. i like how it just it it trails off to boring, 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 and that's it. That's it. There's no end. He just kind of stops singing. That's funny. Um, I will say, though, it is funny when he's trying to get out of the spaceship and his head gets caught. That's actually pretty funny visual. Because that's, like, something What's that happens the, in, like, more, I would say, like, little kids, like, musicals and stuff. But, like, there's always little snaps. No, you always and, like, have miss out. Yeah. Even there's always a snafu that you have to roll with. They're like, oh, they, they didn't prepare for that. <laughs> What's the opening number where they uh, the stet- the settler one? I enjoy covered that wagons. because it's a non. I like covered wagons because they get a dance and it's weird and they're really oh, selling it and it's he's over here, the top. Here. He didn't hear covered wagons. Should we do? Let's do covered wagons again. <laughs> That's great. Should we do it again. Let's That's do it great. again. Let's do it again. Let's do covered wagons again. So they knew that the, you know <laughs> they knew they had it together. Question: Out of all the endings of everyone's wrap up. Who's your favorite? Who's your least favorite? Like Fred Willard and Sheila are in Hollywood being extras. Eugene Levy is in retirement's home. Corky has his memorabilia shop, but is auditioning for Art to be part of um, his Cockney accent. I never noticed. I never noticed that was supposed to be Cockney. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I kind of like Fred Willard and and Catherine hey, O'Hara. They're at least in the game, man. They're they're doing what they want. Just you know, they're getting they're getting extras. I like how it seems to be a commercial. <laughs> yeah, there's there's just probably to the get best. Get in there and give notes. You, Eugene um, Eugene Levy is kind of the saddest. Maybe. Quiet on set. He's <laughs> but quiet he like on puts, set. He puts Catherine O'Hara's <laughs> puts Catherine O'Hara's pointer up higher. <laughs> Uh, Eugene Levy's, Levy's Levy's is maybe the saddest kind of thing. Uh, it seems like he left his wife, went to Miami, and is performing in retirement homes. He's, yeah, that's in the most unrealistic. Obviously, Corky's is depressing. Corky's is also unrealistic, never but make he, is, it. he doesn't know that. Um, <laughs> I do love his accent. Parker Posey's is depressing. She back, got to Alabama and just worked at a DQ we, again. And we got blizzards got and breezies and. Daily bars. My dream is to make a low fat, low carb blizzard. blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even she we haven't even touched like- on the um just like the audition itself. Oh, who's you know I wish we could have gotten a little more guy with the Let's raging do that. bull who's your guy. Fa- who's your favorite audition? The raging, raging bull, guy. bull guy. And I wish he would have been cast okay. as maybe an understudy, so we could have gotten a little more of the guy that was like, Did you fuck my wife? What? Did you what? fuck my wife? How can you even ask me that? I'm your brother. For me, it's well, the... Well, it's funny that he, he... Oh, the tappy guy. No, 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 no. The the ping pong. I was just trying to make the, the sound effect. Oh. Of, the ping pong juggler. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. That actually is talent. I, don't th- I think that'd be very hard to do. One of the aspects of the audition process I liked was Catherine O'Hara and Fred Willard's tracksuits. Oh, their matching yes, suit beautiful. going in. And that he's wearing, I believe, an ascot made from a, a towel. Oh, I was going to say that. Almost favorite aspect. Definitely at least a comment in here. The ascot work by Fred Willard, just the handkerchiefs. Loving it. I've thought about the ascot in my life. When Cor- when Koriku is watching them audition, and he just right away was just like, <laughs> just not <nodding. laughs> just look just looking at like get, oh, oh give I forgot like, about get this. ready for this. Dude, you know I do love all the posters of like the previous performances that are all like Sheila and, and Ron, but like backdraft <laughs> yeah. when they're going through and like Oh, oh this, those are this all is no lie. I wanna see backdraft the play. I wanna see backdraft the musical. Too. I wanna see backdraft also, real bad. On top of the production, those bo- those like play posters they made, those showbill posters, my god, those great. are great. Those are painted. I did write a note down. I don't want to make musicals out of them, but I would like to see more movies brought to the stage. Okay. Like Backdraft or Armageddon. Or they tried Spider-Man. Just, it didn't go well. Um, I can't even. Universe, no, but they. Though, I, I don't want it to be. I don't want you to add musical numbers to it. I just want it to be straight. A stage you, don't want to, you don't want a musical. You just want to play. Yeah. Do you assume they added songs to Backdraft? Yeah, hundred percent. They have a full orchestra. This is Corky. There, um, there is a. I, I can't. I don't know if you remember this, but a few years ago, a high school did a production of Alien, and it looked. Awesome. Oh, I remember seeing that, and their puppetry was like crazy. It looked, as as the kids used to say, dope. <laughs> it looked very. Yeah, you, dope. you can, you can still say it. Sweet. Look so fetch. Okay, uh, just question for you guys: You're auditioning for Red, White, and Blaine. Who? What role are you uh, trying to land? Vapors. Eugene, that'd be when he's auditioning. Like, sorry, that that'd be the just. That's how my audition would go. Just kind of like side eyeing the accompanist. Just making. Is that the right note? Just. Oh, I'm not doing an accompanist. I'm coming in with my own karaoke CD. I'm making sure I know the key. 
Jordan, that's how you would do a, a fucking audition. Like you would start w- maybe way too high. Hey, <laughs> uh, that is be, a hilarious beginning. You'd be fishing for the note. Then you, once you're on, you're, you're golden. Okay, question to you two though. You're auditioning for Red, White, and Blaine. What role do you want? I want President McKinley, or I want um, um, Penny for your thoughts is too much pressure. I want. Uh, I definitely want to be Blaine Fabin. I actually want to be how high Ridge. I could not how tell. High? I can. I think I'm gonna be humble and just do the narrator. Just the narrator. That's That's a lot of FaceTime. You're the face of Blaine. Yeah, but the, but there's no you're, pressure. You're, there's you're no the performance. You're the spirit of Blaine, Jordan. I'm gonna be the uh, you, the sexy you, adolescent that has to back out like the last minute, <laughs> okay, so I'm never actually nice. in oh, the musical. That that would be Mark. Okay, you, the you just don't show up. Okay, I I did, I, I'm a yeah. My dad runs a. Let's see. You would have been a major <laughs> role in shop. covered wagons. You would have been a major role in Penny for your thoughts. I'm sorry, guys. I you're you made the you made the fo- you made the footstool. One might say. Let's see what else. One might say the lead. Yeah, you were in. Stool. You I know what? That. Really, animosity almost. That's a lot of like pressure for Corky to put on someone who's never been in a musical for, before to put him kind of like in the male lead of a lot of those scenes. Yeah. It wasn't heavy handed, but Corky obviously had a little crush on him. It did somewhat seem like that, yeah. It's funny. It's it's an outdated th- uh, thing, but the, the gay guy that is obviously gay but pretends to be straight. That that was a thing that existed. I mean, more this than this now. is in '97, so that was definitely more of a trope in those later '90, early 2000. Because well, here's the thing though, like in a way, it was like it was being trying to be acceptance of gay culture and like at least paying homage to it and representing it in film. But now, the further we get from that, it, it just it do you seems... think that's like you think that was in poor taste? No. no, I don't think so. I just think that maybe now he would be gay. Oh, they just wouldn't have done that like backstory of just the whole trope. Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. But maybe not. It's still it's still kind of funny. I don't think they did it in poor taste. I feel like it's the I funniest when the wife of Eugene Levy of like Doctor Whatever is like, yeah. uh, his wife's been out of town. Uh, I I I've never met her, but uh, why? Is she? Actually, what's what's her I name? I bought all her clothes. She made me laugh quite a bit more than I yeah, remember. Yeah, she's actually pretty funny. She doesn't have a bunch she- of screen time, but she lands. She's at that. She's oh, at the dinner where she was drunk. So that's just like an inherently a funny scene. Linda Cash plays Mrs. Alan Pearl. She doesn't even have a first name. Just Mrs. Alan Pearl. The Mrs. You may know her for. She's in stuff I don't know. Um, yeah, but she's actually really funny. I love it when she calls intermission half. Yeah, me too. And she's, you got to get Ronnie down here because <laughs> halftime. <laughs> the really this is funny. actually something. When I was watching it, it's good and it's bad intermission halftime whatever you want to call it it takes a little bit out of it takes a little of the momentum you had but it also builds a little more beginning of play excitement you're like oh we get you know, a reset in now most what cases, are they i feel like the mo- first halves of most plays are you know they're fun they're uplifting you get all the peppy numbers it's always the second half where they get sad and not fun for instance yeah, end of the second woods, half is sad Les Mis, everyone's dead cats I don't know but they show some sometimes it's uplifting i mean fiddler think about how that ends Tradition, tradition. <laughs> um, yeah, are we seeing the same movie? I, Isn't that just I'm the sorry. prequel to Schindler's List? Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. For Dear Evan Hansen, sunrise, sunset. You know what? Pippin, aside is from Pippin and Happy. No, but a, an upbeat song. It's true. Well, it doesn't. He it dies. Doesn't, he doesn't die. Oh, he chooses God. not to sacrifice himself. Doesn't it all just like they just? Oh, they just I'm thinking Godspell. Sorry, I'm thinking. Yeah, Godspell. Godspell. Like we're yeah, Godspell. All the Jesus Christ, superstar. It's all pretty. You know, no, sacrificing. No. There, there is one play that I can think of. All rise aside from one song. 
Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat is all rise except for close every door yeah. to me. You guys are showing. But you guys of that, are showing. It's all rise. Hey Jordan, you're not from a musical theater family. You just listed a Listen. shit ton of musical theater knowledge right there. And he went with a smile on his ones. face. You really did look happy. It's the happiest he's looked in months. I enjoy hearing my voice. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, I might agree with that Joseph um, thing, kind of. Uh, Miss Saigon, pretty sad. Um, so you guys are are you guys saying you you're you don't like an intermission? You're saying it kind of like. Oh man, there's still half. Oh left. no, you need it. I'm just pro first half. To no, I like half. it. It was just the first time I've ever thought about. it. I like it. to go out, get a little it's hot chocolate, a little nilla wafer, little. Uh... I mean, if I could get well, a lemon cake with some poppy seeds on it, yeah, exactly. you betcha. Oh, it's always really chocolatey and rich for me. I always get something very decadent like that when I go to the theater. Um, there's a few times I want coffee, and at the theater is one of them. I can see that. Anytime I'm, I want to have a dessert, having a, a rich dessert, and I'm in a dressy attire, I'd like a coffee and something, you know, rich. Uh, I had this awesome time at um, our sister. We went <laughs> a to two cup of something with her. rich, rich, thick. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Oh, what are your th- okay question to you guys though? What are your thoughts on intermissions in movies? More so old movies, more so Gone with the Wind. But uh, how do you feel about that? What, are, I love intermissions what about, like, in an old movie. Do you mean like a, a double, t- like a how? Titanic. Not a double feature. Not double feature. Double, double features movie. are awesome in Grindhouse kind of Not thing. Not double oh, feature. Double VHS. Du- like like Titanic, there was one VHS and two VHS. Have you guys ever gone to a movie theater and actually had an inter- intermission included? Mm-hmm. When you go to the music box, if it's a I was about to say, music box is the only original. one I can think of where I don't know if we had an intermission. Something. The last movie I saw in theaters was at the music box before um, Shelter in Place was West Side Story. Had an intermission. On the plus side, intermission. We... Sorry, go on. Oh, I was just saying, we might not ever have a movie theater again, but it's nice to see the drive-thrus are coming back, and at least we might still be able to get that experience. I think I'm going to try to go to a drive-thru. It's been very busy from what I can see, but we were also thinking about going, because yeah. it seems cool. The the make the stage makeup they did with the eyeliner oh, is very so heavy, odd heavy. and so hilarious and so heavy. I, I like it. And then Catherine O'Hara, I can't be positive. But her bangs keep getting higher and higher and higher as the as the movie and the production goes on. It's like the something and then that about one Mary, has that, like... She has something like Beetlejuice too. She has something with her front bangs going. She up. likes the bang thing as a joke, but it's not not funny. I think it's pretty funny. And then also, it's, yeah, that part. It's not funny. The, but the it's dynamic not, not between funny. the two of them. Uh, when Catherine O'Hare's doing Fred Willard's hair and he's giving oh, her instruction, give me the fluff. Give me the fluff. A couple more minutes and here, we'll the and now you can go to yourself. <laughs> All right, so I'm sure there's some animosities. Yeah, I, I mean, don't think this is a comedy, so any animosity can just be thrown away. It's all for just the humor. So I mean, this was a little bit more of us just saying comments and likes about it. So if you guys have anything else we missed about this, please write in. But uh, we're gonna move on to quotes. Quotes, quotes, favorite quotes. Okay, so in quotes, I hold on, Cam. Really what's your first quote? One. My first quote. What do you got, Cam? <laughs> He's got a mouthful of food. That's why I asked him. <laughs> Did you fuck my wife? What's so funny about that scene mm. is he 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 does a uh, a scene with two people. Ooh. It's not a monologue. Where he's just doing he both characters. Both I do love that <laughs> individual improv. Yeah, where you're just like playing like the the role of like two three people. Towards the beginning of the movie, Larry Miller, he plays Gwen, Glenn Walsh. 
the mayor of the city. Mm-hmm. When he's talking about Blaine, he's like, you know, there's that saying where if if you, in Missouri, if you wait five minutes, the weather will change. I honestly think in Blaine, we can get that down <laughs> with hard work to three or four minutes. I do like that at the beginning. Such a Christopher <laughs> Guest, like so dry. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember it, but that when I watch it, I'm like, I, I know he doesn't there, have a big part. Funny enough, there were a lot of subtle lines like that from side characters that got me this time around. I didn't write down all of them, but like everyone's line delivery is hilarious. So it's hard to like <coughs> this one, recreate some of this. Uh, the intro kind of reminds Sorry, go on. The, it just captured the small town mindset, the making a joke of like the city councilman, just yeah. <laughs> making such a dumb well, comment it, that if we work hard and we put our minds to it, th- I think we can get that down to three or four minutes. <laughs> Even uh, even before that, it reminded me kind of like the Spinal Tap like sandwich scene, just like real, just like real subtle comments, just at the beginning, just like oh that on oh, the barrel, it's a it's a big barrel, and then him just being like, I'll t- uh, which brings you to another point, security. I say we put a a, a rifle here, a, here. a man rifle a man here. with a rifle here, uh, a rifle here. Do you remember how many times we got eggs last year? <laughs> like, just, <laughs> like that was so. Hilarious. They just brushed past that like it was nothing. Yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> yeah, this that was almost those two quotes were in the title scenes. Yeah, barely part of the movie, True. and they're just hilarious. Oh, the um, port uh, They're so funny. We've already touched on this, but be- uh, in honor of Fred Willard, uh, I had to have what uh, most most men would dream of. Uh, it's a penis reduction surgery. What's that? <laughs> penis reduction What's surgery. That? Oh, I don't think uh, I don't think we got to talk about that right now. Now, Doc, could you just take a look? <laughs> no, no, Doctor, go no by little stumpy. <laughs> Even when he's talking about it in like an interview, like you can hear Catherine O'Hara, like off, like off camera, just like go on, go on, tell him. Just tell, <laughs> go on, tell just him. Tell him, tell, tell, tell him what it is. Go, go on. I don't know. I had to, I had to, One I had of to go the things of I think Catherine O'Hara does so well. And in that scene, it doesn't seem like her her character is an alcoholic in this in this movie. No. But at the Chinese restaurant scene, she's playing wasted. She's getting loose. <laughs> yeah, that's just out of left field. But it's, else it is, is hilarious, uh, honey. We're talking about uh. we're talking about Miami now. <laughs> Can we get some coffee uh. over here, please? Oh, coffee. <laughs> Can we get some coffee? <laughs> why did she and then to go along with it during that scene it's like well i was like why don't you get one of those vagina enlargers <laughs> which i don't know what that is that. or one of them in uh, vagina enlargement surgeries <laughs> what news uh, that's what a- do your keen and perceptive eyes behold and then it's <laughs> just <laughs> how high ridge i could not tell okay 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 let's not let's not go off the rails we could but try to set it up in um, just Eugene Levy's character right there, the settler. It's all gold. Salt water. He has an accent out of nowhere. Even like it's, on it's the, the same like lines, but leading up to that, Eugene Le- Levy's character of uh, Blaine Fabian when he's like pu- pushing, his, push, push your push your boobies out when he's practicing the how <laughs> how high ridge, and he's like practicing that line with Corky too. Anytime that line's delivered, yeah, but- it's hilarious. It also feels like when he's describing where they landed, by the time he gets to, it was on a ridge at a pinnacle, and he's running out of breath. You, it, it's, it's almost like the, the the line reading took all of his breath away. It's very funny. Oh, this is like part of that line too, but just the way he says, "It was the scent of salt water." Like, like his delivery is so just weird. Oh my god, that part made me laugh so hard. Christopher Guest. When he's giving the stool to President McKinley, he goes, here's a stool. 
I make them. It's a I footstool. I make them. I make them. Uh, I guess we can like wait to go through his line reading. No, nope, because he already brought it up, Christ- and now I want to do it. Also from the musical. Um, but when Christopher Guest is getting everyone in covered wagons to get on their feet, everybody dance. The everybody dance is said in our house more than it should be. Our our family house growing up. Our mom will say that often. Not high perfect. Do you want me to leave the... Oh, strike it! Strike it! Strike the set! <laughs> you want me to strike it? I know the linguity. Uh, I, I I know all. I know all of Corky's uh, Fred Willard at the beginning when he's doing his audition and clearly showing his experience with Corky. Um, this is kind of another throwaway. What's the name of the character who doesn't get to be part of the musical? But it also Corky. Corky. The actor is Michael Hitchcock. This is kind Corky. of funny. He plays Steve Stark at the beginning when he's just describing why he can't audition, and he's he's talking about Lloyd, but he's like Lloyd is a music teacher. And he shops at Walmart, and he's and essentially that's like, but <laughs> he, he can't be trusted. He doesn't. He doesn't. Re, uh, what he doesn't like shop locally, or he doesn't respect the town, or something. Yeah, <laughs> that one's funny. It, it, it's so funny how small towns from the time this movie was made, where shopping local was so much more important than shopping at Walmart, and now small towns are have Walmart. Every small town just Walmart. So their fear. Was right. Was real. Yeah, fear, it was, that, it was totally like a, a, a definitely uh, valid thing that happened. Like, just like, oh, like, wasn't yeah. there like talk of like a big, like, super Walmart coming to our, our Walmart? Like, oh, it happened. God. It did. It oh, happened. my God. But do you know, do you want to know one of the many things that Walmart does that screws small towns? They, they build, and they, that's what they were going to do in Manchester outside the city limits. So they don't even pay like city taxes. They just pay Bastards. property taxes to the to the son of a counties. bitches. I know from experience, people that work there, that they also start your first day with a video about why forming a union is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> because it gets your knees broke. <laughs> yeah, essentially. <laughs> it gets you shut up. Sure hard. thing, Mister Mott. Uh, here's another fun Corky line delivery. Oh, really? That's how it's gonna be? Okay, well. Because you're bastard people. That's why. Because you're bastard people. When he's on the phone with, uh, what's the name of the guy that drops out of the musical? I don't even remember his name. Oh, yeah. I don't remember his name either. Yeah, Johnny Savage, played by Matt Kiesler. Johnny Savage. But the, he co- he continues to end that conversation. Corky does. Well, I just hate you, and I hate your ass face. Uh, and then the, and he continues to go on. He's not in. Johnny quit the play. Then Fred Willard character goes to... This isn't like calling in from high school. You can't just say I won't make it today. <laughs> and there's a great line, a great subtle little small town line that uh, Michael Hancock, the guy that wants to be in the play, mm-hmm. Hitchcock Hancock. At intermission, they're talking to him. Um, Steve Steve Stark is the name of the character. The Corky Corky, I love you. Right. That character. When they're talking to him at intermission, he goes, and you know Johnny. He's I, I've always known he's up to no good. Uh, his parents are bad people. In fact. A couple years back, he tried to steal a stamp machine from from the office. <laughs> That's such a small town comment, too. <laughs> they hate your parents. Your parents are garbage, and then they remember the one dumb thing you did as a kid. Yeah. That's total small town shit. You're right. They, they nailed that into a T. I thought it was hilarious. He even, like, whispered it like it was gossip, but nobody gives a shit. Uh, this wasn't in any, like, IMDb quotes, but I try to catch as much of it as I can. Didn't catch a lot. But when Corky's talking about, like, backdraft and just, like, his past shows, he's like, <laughs> people don't like to be poked. People don't like to be poked in the nose with a little amber. Like, just like, ooh. Just, like, singe, like, just singe the tip of your nose. Yeah, say, ooh, ooh. It's... <laughs> 
It's sad because Fred Wheeler's no longer with us, but I would love to see some scenes from Backdraft. Oh, love it. Love to see him. The posters were funny enough, but we t- we actually if you had all the time. We, we said a few before. Um, uh, what did we say before? Um, we did the vapor one before. We did the the forty percent chance of rain before. A lot of good quotes we've that already kind of touched on. Like just to kind of David Cross almost give, him, give him somebody some say that line again. Like, so we get it. In he's quotes. only in that one scene, but it really landed that I always remembered like after that movie that that was a major quote we would say. You know, I'll tell you another thing. Once you step inside that circle, the weather never changes. It's always the same. Sixty-seven degrees with a chance of forty percent rain. Always. <laughs> always. Uh, and even before that, his he's like a long, long way, long ago. Long. You know, even the guy that's five like, letters. Blaine. What's that spell? Mix them all up. Mix them up. Balani. Nabali. Nabali. Some sort of. <laughs> Way, way, and then it just quick, quick cut to like him, just like another fact. Way. Like, <laughs> you know, also shout out to the guy that just plays the guy that got anally probed because that's just like a side townie too that just like and uh, they probed me not all at once it. but uh, separately they probed me and individually they probed me. The actor that plays Phil Burgess, Don Lake, I think he has maybe the best reactions of wonderment in the crowd. He's the bald guy. I'll put him up to the camera just so you kind of remember him. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He plays the town um, historian. Just even when the alien comes out, of course it has. Of course. like (laughs) I can't give him credit on many line readings, but his reactions is hilarious. And at intermission, they talk to him, and he goes, the songs, they're they're catchy. Maybe to an annoying point. So that must be that must be good. You think you think there would be more jokes, but like, yeah, it's good. Like, it just sucks. But like, the fact that they're all like, this is the best <laughs> shit they've ever seen. Is that's that's the I, joke? It, that's oh my god, it's the, the best. The audience reaction, a joke I would have never thought of. They, it's it's not lame. They love it. <laughs> they're in wonderment. They're like children watching. It's like the end of Music Man. Something like, that's for the my first boy. time. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, just. It's so good. It's worth uh, if you if you've seen it and you love it, just rewatch for that alone. It's, it's hilarious. They're all doing different things. The guy that plays the mayor, oh, uh, he is so dry. The the, the, the music dry. director, yeah. but it all it all oh, it works. It, oh, it works. works another, shows another well. real Christopher Guesty bit that they do is the uh, when he's like kind of like talking like I think we kind of need to change some things. What? <laughs> S- speak a little louder. I think we kind of need to change. Well, well, now that's louder. too loud. I just need now, you to speak like a normal person. <laughs> well, well, I think I think that no, well, that's, that's too, too loud. loud. Come on now, don't be. <laughs> Also, we touched on this earlier, but I feel like it does need a shout out when he's doing his version of a Cockney accent. He's like, "Ow, are ooh," like that. That part's hilarious. <laughs> That's like more the end. You no, know Todd. But... What Todd? I can't think of a specific Catherine O'Hare line, a sentence that is funny, but the tone yeah. and how much she enunciates. Yeah, just like her, her over the topness. Hilarious. Her her face. Anything she says is funny. Yeah. What's that? Like, it's all like that. Because it's all like subtle ad libby stuff. Because even at the Chinese restaurant, her just being drunk is like, her just like kind of being, I don't know. Hey, little girl talk here. Psst, girl talk, girl talk. What's it like being with an uncircumcised man? <laughs> <laughs> what's Parker Poser character? What's her Libby? Libby Brown, what's her best line? You could do anything. You just come in, get a anything. Coke, get a Coke if you're thirsty. The blizzard line's kind of good, too, when she's talking about it's like a low-fat, low-carb. And I just looked up New York. It's an island. 
That's what it is. It's an island. I just want to go there and meet somebody strange. Some man. Watch TV with him. Yeah, some Italian man. Maybe watch TV. Do you want some Italian man? What's actually kind of funny, though, is when when Corky is talking about um, Guffman coming and everyone cheers, but afterwards she just goes, What's this mean, Corky? Just like, (laughs) she has no idea why she's excited. Oh, she does have one little part where they're trying to get Corky out of his funk after he quit the play. And they're up on the stairs, and Fred Willer's trying to get uh, Corky's attention. She goes, just shut up, everybody. Just shut up. He wants to be left alone. Also, not not a quote, but like just visual him, just like listening to like some sort of like Hispanic channel, and like in the bathtub, just a funny visual. I'm sure there's quotes we're missing. Yeah, but... I, that's, the, that's all the quotes I had written down. Do you guys have anything else? Let's not beat a dead horse. Like this, it's a very quotable yeah. movie. Clearly, if we missed your favorite quote, write in on uh, social media under the movie poster, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Twitch, Facebook, all the good stuff at Cult Classics Pod, uh, or you can write in at Cult Classics Podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, until then, we are moving on to recasting. Welcome to Recasting. Mark and I will be going through our list, and Jordan will be uh, tagging in when he has something to say. Uh, Mark, who's the bottom what a person? Cr- what a Christopher Guest thing of you to do. Just ad lib. That's so, oh my gosh. True, true, true. true. <laughs> way, way to be in character for this. Unlike uh, Christopher Guest, it seems like they do a lot of preparation. Uh, <laughs> Let, let's start with the uh, the music teacher, Lloyd. You know what? Cameron, I'm doing I'm doing a recasting from within the movie, but I thought David Cross could actually really pull that off and be a bigger role oh. within the movie. Instead of just being the alien guy, if he was the musical director who was having like a power struggle with uh, Corky, I can, I can see that being funny. I, th- I think that's within the rules. I'll let you do that. Cool, cool, cool. Who'd you have? Uh, I think he's kind of part of the team, too, just not in this movie, John Michael Higgins. I have him as a different recasting somewhere. Come, come, I'm also getting come, come. Yeah, that makes sense. I have John Michael Higgins as a different casting. Yeah, so he's got to be in here, have, so he would fit, right? He would just yeah. Fit he's right definitely in the, he's clearly so he's part it, of the ensemble, so just fitting him in somewhere, totally cool with it. One of the funny things about this movie is you are as you're watching, you're like, oh, they could be good in here, and then they actually add they kind of add him to the troupe later on in other movies. True. Like they find people that work so well. I went with a kind of looks like has the same sentiment. David Hyde Pierce. Uh, Fraser's yeah. brother in yeah. the show Fraser, but then Wet Hot American Summer. Go back and listen to our episode about Wet Hot. He's American actually Summer. really funny in that. I said no, thank you. But the so he might be movie. funny in this. He might not. I don't know. I, that was my stab. Uh, did anybody have Good a stab. narrator like the old town person that's just I by the campfire? <coughs> I'm Who curious. Did? It could be anybody. I for just me, put so a Bridges, whichever Bridges, Bridges brother you choose. He could be I there. Think it's, I this think this could it's actually Bo be Bridges Bo Bridges for once. I put someone that Bridges could maybe role. like deliver some comedic lines a little better. I put um, David Koshner. Koshner. He plays. Um, who he plays? He's not an anchor man. He's like the. Oh what, okay yeah he's the bald one right. Yeah, hey, he's, he's also in voice. like Blue Mountain, not Blue Mountain, or like that mount that snowboarding movie. Uh, he's the bald one from Anchorman. He's he's the friend on The Office that's always getting into hijinks. You, you guys know who we're talking about. You know who he is. He's in The Goods, Live Hard, Sell Hard. Um, that that chestnut. He's, so he could just play that kind of like rednecky. Um, yeah, that 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 works narrator. for me actually. I got someone for you for you. This is actually just maybe real life, but just Gary Busey in there. That's the town the town guy everybody knows. It's a wild card for sure. Toby, Tony, whatever his fucking name was. 
Uh, who'd you have for Johnny, the character that's in the theater troupe of Bales? I didn't. I didn't uh, have mine's one. It, I do, but it's it's only because I'm recasting Wet Hot American Summer. Cool. So you did Paul Rudd too, because that's what I, I did. I just did Paul Rudd, but it's he's just doing that character. He's just the attractive guy that doesn't care and just bails last second. But I see him being more like, oh, you taste like a burger, and more of the <sighs> Paul Rudd, and, more <laughs> okay. more Andy from Wet Hot American Summer better. than anything. But but Paul Rudd, I'm just picking his character. Imagine that's him much doing like that dance this. move where he's lunging and just Paul Rudd doing that. Uh, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> But also playing annoyed at the same yeah, time. Yeah, but like not cool with it. Like, ugh. Oh. Ugh. Which is essentially his character from Wet Hot American Summer. So Nice. Mark, who'd you Good have again? Cast. Sorry. Oh, no, I didn't have one. That, that, oh, okay, uh, okay. Yeah. Who'd you have for Dr. Alan Pearl, who usually it would be Eugene Levy, Eugene Levy? This is a fun one for me. I put Ty Burrell from Modern Family. He's the dad. It would be the same kind of. Oh. He'd just be the dentist and just kind of clueless. I wanted to put him somewhere, but I just felt like I was doing what you just did. It was to like put just like draw the connection from. There's another from place Fred I could Willard. have put him, but I, I but I put my one of my. We'll get to it, but there, there's another spot I could see him. I put Fred Armisen there. Okay. Ooh, yeah, that's actually that's a good fun. one. Yeah, I didn't think of him. Like he he would be so I... good as just like the auditioning like he already does that kind of Portlandia like he knows yeah. music oh it would be brilliant he could do an uncomfortable character for a long stretch yeah that works I went nerdy I went Canadian I went Rick Moranis that works too though I actually like that it'd be different though I I really do like Eugene Levy because he's got his own timing yeah it's his own thing it's his own character man it's the yeah, same honestly. In- we don't want to recast Eugene Levy. No, any of the Christopher um, Guest ensemble, Christopher like really, Guest, yeah. Mm-hmm. Same with Spinal Willard, Tap when we did it. Like we just want to keep it the same. Uh, Who would you have for Libby Brown, the Parker Posey character? I actually kind of like mine. Cecily I went, Strong. Oh, I, I don't really like mine. Oh, sorry. You really like. It. Sorry. Go, go. C- C- Cecily Strong from SNL, but almost like her character of like the UFO abduction character from her skit. <laughs> A little less trashy version of that is how I see her. She'd work. She'd actually be pretty good. I want Emma Stone. Okay. I I always like Emma Stone. We got to fit her in somewhere. So it might change the character a little bit, but I was just trying to think who could work in an ensemble piece. Maybe a little less trashy, but I'd like to see how Julie Louis-Dreyfus does with it. Oh, that could be fun. That could work. Toss her in the mix. Uh, Fran Dresser, she was in Spinal Tap. Could she have played this role, or is it too much? To me, it feels too much. Yeah, that's fair. Because she doesn't really get big roles. She wasn't doing the voice, though, in, in uh, Spinal Tap. Well, I'm trying to, again, I think Amy Poehler might be really funny at it, but Tina, I'm also, Tina that's Faye, just. Nah. Actually, Amy, nah, Poehler, Amy Tina Poehler's Faye. a little better at it. She, Amy Poehler she, might be pretty she good, needs but to play it's that trashier just, version better. Amy Poehler, Amy Poehler's the, yeah, the best off-the-cuff one I've heard so far. Um, but I've also seen her play roles like this before, you know? Sheila. Who has a Sheila. I put Kristen Wiig there. I kept it in an SNL category kind of thing. But she also plays someone who like writes like her own music and like theatrical kind of things and like MacGruber. So it's kind of like a character trait that I could see living through this. I didn't know where to put her. It actually would have maybe just been Libby. Just but um, I put Catherine Hahn there. Another Catherine. She's. I like Catherine Hahn. Yeah, she's the mom in uh, well, like the of the singing mom, like in um, Step Brothers, Cameron. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that, I'm she's cool also that. in other things, but she, I thought like that she's, was the easiest. She's, no, actually, she should. We should maybe put her in things more because she's funny and she's a fun character. She's actress. super funny. So this is this is where I put Jane Lynch, but I thought she about obviously that. just joins the tr- the troop later on, especially in Best in Show. That's where she's highlighted the most, I think. True. 
uh, or we got introduced to her. But I'm like, I'm getting Jane Lynch in there. It's kind of a cop out, but that's where I. Put I her. thought about putting her there, but I get that. Who'd you have for Ron? Ron is. This is Fred Willard, of course. Again, I'll we're paying homage to Fred Willard guy. this week, yeah. so he's he's the perfect one. But if since we have to, who do you got? I'll go first. I'm just gonna do Will Ferrell. Oh, that's fun. That actually would work great. Yeah. A young. So Will I have like, a. It doesn't have to be old. Just like yeah, just a, a Will Ferrell to team up with. Who who is your? Um, See, this is actually Sheila. where I put. Who was your Sheila? Uh, Kristen Wiig. Imagine Kristen Wiig and Will Ferrell. That's I an mean, SNL group. That would actually ridiculous. work. Well, fun thing. Here's actually where I put my John Michael Higgins. I put him as Ron. So my thing would be Ty Burrell and John Michael Higgins working together as the Doctor and Fred. John Michael Higgins just this had is, to be in here somewhere. That like that's which the only one I, I really I feel this strongly guy is John about. John Michael Higgins. He in, he's in best in show. Um, he's come 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 come, come with come, the basic. Yeah. So oh, no, see, he's, 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 I see him more as Fred Willard because he would be someone who's like community theater wrong. but way into it. He's the guy that doesn't get cast. Perfect there. <laughs> I love him so much. And then he would just sing and stuff. But for Fred Willard's character, I don't know. As a travel agent who's always like pitching himself, like, "Hey, what's up? I'm blah blah blah." I'm like, actually, I, I see more as the Fred Willard. I, I I went with another person that's passed. Uh, I went um, Phil Hartman. That'd be fun. Okay. I can see Phil Hartman doing that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's not my most inspired, but I here's it. the tricky one: Who did everybody have for Corky St. Clair? It's so Jordan, weird, but first. I went Dave. I went Dave Foley. It's just in his version. Oh, you know of what? It. That could actually work. I, I could see It would that. be different, but that's just what came to my head. Dave Foley of uh, uh, Kids in the Hall of Fame. Uh, also, our previous uh, movie we just did. What did we just do with Blast the, from the Past? Blast from the Past. Plays the voice of Flint in A Bug's Life. You know, True. that forgotten gem. This, Remember, uh, I don't know if, how we would do with the American accent, but I did Simon Pegg. Just imagine him diving deep in a character. I also have, I thought about tossing them in there somewhere. I also have a shout out. This is technically my girlfriend. This is Nicole's, but she said David Spade, and I can actually maybe see that. Uh-huh. It's a different thing. I went thing. Uh, Tom Lennon. Tom Lennon. I, br- oh, I, bring him, I bring him up a lot, but it's Officer Dangle. He would absolutely oh, okay. cr- oh, oh, yeah. rush this. That would actually be pretty good. Yeah, that's a good one. Just new boot, new boot goofing. <laughs> what about your... Uh, like this that. is a... Uh, this is to piggyback off of your blast from the past recasting of Dave Foley. Sure. But what about John Mulaney? I thought about John Mulaney, but it'd be it, eh. it, would, it, it wouldn't be a character. I would just want it to be John Mulaney. Just being, it's almost like I would want John Mulaney fed up. He's like, I have to do what now? Fine, I'll make <laughs> yeah. a show. But here's how we'll do it. It'd be like that. It wouldn't be like yeah. actual Cor- It wouldn't be Corky St. Clair. It would just be John Mulaney puts on Red, White, and Blaine. I, I didn't like mine. I, I thought that I did not. That it would be funny. But nobody else could do it. But uh, I, I really like Christopher Guest as in that role. Yeah, it's just it's such a deep character that he's done that I don't know. It's hard to see anyone else in there. Um, what about Sorry, John Lovitz? Lovitz in one of these roles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could almost be Corky, actually. That's actually maybe a good Corky recasting. M- Matt, it'd be it'd fun. be the critic, just someone over the top, just going for yeah. it. Yeah, that, that actually. Works I was great. on Broadway. Yeah, Madeline actually, Kahn the critic in this role is perfect. Like good, the councilwoman. The descendant from What's that? Uh, Madeline Kahn from, uh, I remember for Clue, the best. Put her as like oh, okay. uh, yeah. the councilwoman or something. So much. Good. You know what? She could actually be Catherine O'Hara too, maybe. Yeah, she could easily be there. She's in so many of those roles. Or Mrs. Pearl or great. like the, yeah. Mount
So in lieu of Mount Rushmore this week, we're just going to give a little Fred Willard uh, conversation to honor him. Uh, we're just going to have a bit of an honoring of Fred Willard. I like that. I like that. Uh, this is just like a light starter, but we talked about this, and I did try to put Ty Burrell in here, but he plays uh, the grandfather on Modern Family, and he does just seem like Ty Burrell's like dad. It just they seem cut. They seem so similar. It's crazy. Yeah, what a great cast of, on that. Cut of the same cloth. It, it totally makes sense. Yeah, that's a little bit casting. aloof. Just kind of, they kind of have the same like, I don't know. Dad joke is kind Over of a the, bad. The, 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 exci- the childlike book. excitedness to their delivery kind of thing. Yeah. It's also a little bit oblivious to what is and what is not charming about them, but they think they're being charming the whole time. Yeah. They're oblivious to how annoying they could be, their characters are. Although I don't think that Fred Willard normally plays it as as annoying. So one of the interesting things Cameron and I thought of Honestly, the maybe the first time he was on my register was waiting for Guffman. And I think so for mine. That would have been 1997, right? Or 96, mm-hmm. sorry. He was already 57 for, in that movie. Yeah, like by the time he got on my radar, granted he has like a history of work clearly like way before that. They, like I, I'm just not familiar with. But Oh, th- but, this is... A- Sorry, this is a fun one that kind of alludes to that. He got to start performing um, in a comedy deal with Vic Greco and spent a year at Chicago's famed Second City. Oh, he's a Second City person. Second right. City guy, for just for a year so. At the time, he would have been in Second City, though. It would have been in the infamacy and, and the early stages of it. You know what I mean? True. It wouldn't have even been. Also a founding member of... Um, a member of the improvisational improv, improvisational group Ace Trucking Company. Do you remember that? <laughs> nope. Me either. Hmm. He has a lot uh, of like side bits. Like he plays like a kind of a father figure in Anchorman Two, um, and uh, he also just plays like the father in American Wedding. Like Jordan was saying, he, he definitely always has a character in the Christopher Guest movies. Do we want to kind of rate his performances in those? I I I mean, just kind of breaking straight to one, but I think Waiting for Guffman is his starring role. We already kind of alluded to that and said it earlier, but apart from this maybe being the best, where where do you place the other ones? Spinal Tap is up there. In Best in Show, is he the commentator? I really enjoy his commentator just because you get to let him riff. What's the role where he kept going, what happened? Uh, that's in A Mighty Wind where he plays like that's the manager, Jerry. I think. Jerry, yeah. <laughs> So that's really funny. It's a very small role, but I do enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, it is just the bigger movies. I can't really remember for your consideration enough, but I'm sure he's funny in it. I just like it, it was. It's so. So it as I'm looking through his IMDb, I don't even remember everything he's in. Oh, I'm like, oh, Fred Willard's in that, but I know when you watch it, the moments he's in it, you're like, oh, I love Fred Willard in this part, and he's really funny and endearing. Uh, I'm going to spend like 20, 25 bucks just renting the rest of like this Christopher Guest kind of like, <laughs> like, uh, I got a mascots I haven't seen. I got to see you'll, you'll enjoy all of them. I mean, they might not be no, better I, than I've some, seen but... most of them. It's just that like I kind of just now after watching, rewatching Waiting for Guffman, I just want to rewatch the rest of them. Check out Best in Show and check out Mascots and you're pretty complete, man. And you yeah, know what? I actually, too. I actually really do just feel like watching a mighty win because the music's good. Uh, two animated shout-outs, though. He is, like we said uh, earlier, the president in Wally, uh, or Globo, whatever. And he also is the voice of the father in Monster House, a Dan Harmon animated oh. Halloween movie that's awesome. Also, the mother, 
Catherine O'Hare. Is it Catherine O'Hare actually in that? Now, that, yeah, good. I totally forgot about that. No, it's fun. Monster House is a to me great movie. Overlooked gem from the mid two thousands animated movie. Beautiful, picturesque fall scenage and foliage. True. And uh, good Halloween movie for the kiddos. Fred Willard was the spokesperson for La Quinta. Inns and Sweets. <laughs> he was really? like, into Inns and Sweets. <laughs> yeah, huh. So Megan and I will play... I'm not uh, sure if I've ever seen anything with him on it. it was associated I don't with think Lucky so Tim. either, but I guess when, that's when, him. When we're taking road trips, we'll play the if, see a sign with A through Z, the alphabet. Yeah. Right. And La Quinta Inn is always or often our cue. That's a good that's cue. It's got to be. Or not uh, a lot of Quiznos uh, out Quizno- there anymore. That's right. It's like Quiznos. Yeah. Not a lot of Quiznos anymore. There used to be more. Uh, we mentioned this, but he is the general in Spinal Tap. He has been part of the Christopher Guest Ensemble. It seems like from oh, the beginning, that's, when Rob that's up there, there for me. I think. Honestly, just go back though to to prove my point. And I love Monster House. It is such a Fred Willard performance as the dad in that. He's funny. True. He's aloof. It's good. Uh, just to name some other things uh, quickly, Fred Willard was in just some of his credits. Everybody Loves Raymond, American Wedding, Austin Powers, The Shy Spy Who Shagged Me, Anchorman 2, for your consideration, Roseanne, uh, The Wedding Planner, Harold and Kumar, uh, Mascots, Epic Movie, Chicken Little, Date Movie, Roxanne with... Um, he was in Hey Arnold somewhere. Steve Martin. A couple times, just kind of as that. a voice, just doing some voice work. Yeah, but like, another thing is his mainstream almost hit well into his fifties. True. It's it's, True. it's it's it's. I know he was acting long before that. Um, I think he did diff- many different TV dramas and stuff like that in his early career. But it's it's late. It's later on in life that he hit mainstream success, kind of through Christopher Guest movies and all these comedies. What happened? Thank you for listening to our take on Waiting for Guffman, uh, diving into the Christopher Guest cult once more. Uh, thanks for also just helping us honor and pay homage to Fred Willard. Uh, if you like uh, what you heard today, please like and subscribe uh, or favorite whatever your podcast app does. Uh, make sure you just click on that, write review. It all helps us get more listens. Uh, as we've also said, if you want to help uh, with our only Trinity writing in some options or any movie suggestions. You can write us at cult classics podcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up at cult classics pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Yeah. If you're a new listener, we love all the, uh, the DMS we've been getting. Um, keep them coming in. We love requests and yeah, we've been getting a bunch of cool fan art and stuff coming in too. We'll keep it coming. It's uh, it gets our jollies. Love that. All right, thanks for listening. Bye.